What's going on, everybody? WrestleMania weekend was tremendous. It is completely over, but we are not done by a long shot. This is the aftermath of WrestleMania weekend. I am the main event player, the super secret himself, from the toys come back at you, the god of gods, the king of my kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch, walking God's green earth. I gotta tell you guys, WrestleMania weekend was incredible. It was tremendous, to say the least. From every standpoint, everything from the two-night event that took place at WrestleMania, from what took place at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, Multiverse United was tremendous, Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor was incredible. There were a couple of injuries that took place throughout the entire WrestleMania weekend. We are going to cover some of those injuries right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. So, right here on the aftermath of WrestleMania weekend... Part one is going to consist of talking about all of the events that happened this past weekend at WrestleMania. We're going to talk about Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. We're going to talk about Multiverse United. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And we're going to talk about NXT Stand and Deliver. All of that is going to happen on part one of the Main Event Talk podcast. The following day, part two will be night one of WrestleMania. And then part three will consist of part two of, well, part three will consist of night two of WrestleMania. So there was a lot of stuff that went down. Okay, so um, uh, I want to go ahead and start start a little bit of news happening right here, right now. And, uh, you know, I thought I would begin with this one piece of news that has been out right now. Uh, It came out. As you're hearing this, it came out just yesterday, and as I'm recording this, this happens on a Wednesday. So, there's been a lot of stuff we've been hearing about in the last few days, and it's been one of the craziest newsworthy type uh, situations that that needed to get out there. And I wanted everybody to listen to this because this is kind of a this is kind of a personal standpoint for me, but it's also kind of one of those things where. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out who's telling what and how and, you know, <clears throat> where this really is going on here. Let me see if we can um, bring it up right here. Okay, so um, there was, um, and this happened just uh, around Wednesday. Um, I saw it popped up in the news. There's a lot of stuff that I see. That is completely wrong, and also at the same time, we don't know exactly, you know, the whole story behind it. But let's uh, let's look into this, if you will. Um, let's see. So uh, this happened. Um, there's several sports sites that are covering this right now, and we want to get into. Uh, I guess it's Se Scoops right here, and this has a lot to do with Vicky Guerrero. Well, actually, let me. Um, let me see if we can uh, spot one part here. Okay. Oh, this is the response. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to look for where the news first started right here. Um, okay. Here's um, here's where everything gets interesting here. Uh, the news response here is, uh, I'm sure you guys know who Vicky Guerrero is. Vicky Guerrero's daughter says... She was sexually assaulted by her stepfather. Vicky chose him over her. 
update with Vicky's response. Okay, so um, that was this one's on. Uh, let's see the wrestlingnews.com. So let's read into this. <clears throat> <coughs> this one says, uh, Vicky Guerrero's response is at the bottom of this page. Okay, so as I'm reading this news, uh, there's a bit of um, uh, the original that started everything and then the update, which is at the very bottom. So let's start at the very top right here. Uh, I believe her name is Sherlyn, Sherlyn Guerrero. I think I know who that is. Uh, Sherlyn Guerrero, uh, the daughter of Vicky Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero, posted a video on her t- uh, on her TikTok account about her stepfather allegedly sexually assaulting her in the 2020 while they were on a cruise. Uh, Shirley says that she wants a relationship with her mother, <clears throat> but uh, instead she chose to side with her husband. She also said that she didn't want to wish anything negative in the direction of her family, but she wanted to get this out because she's received messages about not being involved with her mother when the reality is that her mother blocked her. Okay, now... This was just part of the news that I heard about. Now, I think this one is... Well, I don't know if this is an update or not, but let me, let me read further into this. Vicky has not publicly commented on the allegations. If she does, we will update this page with her comments. We also reached out for her comment. Vicky noted on Twitter, see below, on Sunday that she was... Um, she was about to go on a two-week cruise. Uh, uh, Sherlyn's TikTok video was um, embedded below. Okay, so this was what the original uh, deal said. Um, Let me see if we can... Can we play this? Because I see, I see the TikTok, but I don't see how we're going to... Let's see if we can play it. Can we play it? Okay, so this is the TikTok video that... Um, you see me on live stream, and I just randomly pull a chicken out like this? That nope. means that I think my co-host is super, super, super boring. Okay, okay that's that's not exactly it. Uh because <clears throat> I saw the Vicky Guerrero one, and I wanted to log in there and everything else like that, but that's really the one I wanted to check out and everything. Let's see if we can see if we can view the profile real quick. Okay, so I see the videos. Let's um, let's see if we can play this video real quick. I think it's time. It's time. I feel I need to make this for myself. I think I need to make it for the miscommunication that I receive from a lot of the fans and um, people in general. So I'm going to go ahead and just start because this story can 
go so into depth that I'd rather just keep it short and get to the point. My family is well known, um, obviously. And I'm literally, it's been two years and I have been so quiet about so much. And if anybody said anything cool, if not, I'm pretty sure they're not because it makes them look really bad. And I have protected them for so long that I feel nobody is protecting me. So I need to start protecting me. So a lot of people ask me if I talk to my mom or my sister. And the answer is no. Now let me go ahead and rephrase this or tell you, I would love to talk to my mom and my sister. I really would. I need them. And I don't need a lot. And I don't need anybody else other than my family, right? This is why I didn't want to make this because I'm so tired of crying. But I also feel like this is just going to help me not feel like I'm keeping this giant secret. Um, okay. So come 2020, right before COVID, there was a cruise that my family had went on. And basically on this cruise, um, I got sexually assaulted. And the unfortunate part is that it was by my stepdad. Yeah, it was by my stepdad. And was I the only one? No, but that's not my business to put their story out there. But it happened to me. And the fact that I protected somebody that doesn't clearly give a shit about me is beyond me. Um, But hey, you know, growth and maturity, right? Um, there's, there will, I lived with them, so I, I didn't know what to do. That happened, I was living with them, then COVID happened, everything shut down, and I basically just became mute. I feel I'm very numb. Um, and I got, I worked my ass off to get out of there and get my own apartment, which I got in September of 2020, that same year. I I really did everything I could to not only protect my mom, but keep the peace and to just get on with my life. Um, basically, fast forward, maybe like the following year um, when I got injured with my knee, um, my mom was the only one out here in Houston that's family, and she was helping me with that. And there was basically a conversation. And granted, let me tell you, I have told my mom how uncomfortable I am with him after it happened. And basically, she was always telling me it was a mistake. It's not who he is. Um, Just kind of like, I'm sorry, that's not my problem type deal. And I never really felt like she protected me. Um... So when I got injured, money was a thing with my surgery and having help with that, blah, blah, blah. Moral of the story is she thought I owe this man 
everything. I owe him respect. I owe him just all this stuff. And <laughs> last time I checked, anybody that handles me like that physically doesn't get my respect. Um, and I really tried to tell my mom that, but she took it as a way of disrespect to her and her relationship. And that meaning she doesn't, she doesn't want anything to do with me if I disrespect her relationship. I did care about, you know, my mom's career and all that. But seeing my own mom be okay with abandoning me, and I get people need time to heal if they're going through something, but it's been two years, and I've almost going on three, and I've been blocked. Like, I can't even call my mom, and she's the closest family I know to me. Um, I haven't been able to call her for anything. Creature. <laughs> Creature's right here, like, smelling the phone. Um, and it's been fucking hard. My sister felt like she had did not want to be in the middle. And I would lean on my sister because that's my sister. Like, who else am I going to lean on? Um, but she couldn't do it. I get that boundary, though. I really do. But to go ahead and block me and act as if I'm just an enemy as well because I need you and I, I'm trying to see how to talk to my mom or just how to get through to her. It just all blew up in my face. And it's kind of crazy because the family I've told this to sees my side. And they always tell me, like, why are you protecting her? Because nobody's protecting you. And I feel like it's honestly affecting a lot of my relationships. And I don't want it to because that's not me. And I don't want to have this anger anymore. And the more I keep going to church, I keep forgiving it. And that's why I'm like, I forgive her so much that I'm like, I, I'm okay with whatever happens because you chose to do what you had to do and I have to choose what I have to do and what I've been choosing isn't really working out for me. <laughs> Protecting everybody else except for myself is not working out for me. And the fact that like I waited and I felt like maybe it just needs some time because she's in the middle of this awkward and bad situation, I get it. But to not even follow up a year, to say happy birthday, to say Merry Christmas, any like holidays, to not like reach out to me when like family passes away, it's just so fucked up. And I'm just so tired of sitting here silently while they're on social media just acting like, it's fucked up it's fucked up and I'm done being silent um I don't care anymore because they left me alone and I have been in flight or fight mode and all because I wanted to protect them in their careers and I feel like they can clearly do that themselves I'm speaking up because I'm tired of getting messages 
I'm tired of people asking me. I'm tired of people accusing me that I don't talk to my mom or that I've separated myself and I really haven't because I reach out to her all the time. I'm just putting this to rest. Um, it is what it is. I have, I am here with open arms and I know that my family has a lot of healing to do. Um, as do I, but I actually have to start healing now instead of waiting for them to come around. Um, please respect my journey and this video, and it is not to bring like anything to them. Unfortunately, it's just facts, and that's what happened. And I'm done being silent. I'm done getting all these accusations and messages. Um, I'm just saying my piece and I'm going to continue what I keep doing and building a life for myself because I have to support myself and provide for myself. And, um, yeah, I, oh, I literally wish them well. I miss them and I love them and I wish that we could talk and I hope one day we do. But my life is out in the world and it's always been like that. So I feel like I have to do this, but there you go. Um. I hope everyone has a great Sunday. <laughs> so. Okay, so this was. Uh, <clears throat> this was just a. Um, this is just what I found on the. Um, uh, TikTok and everything. This was released on Sunday, and uh, there was a lot that. Uh, <clears throat> there was a lot that she had to say right here, on TikTok. So. <clears throat> it's um. Kind of an extremely, um, for me, it's kind of um, an important step for this to happen. And um, before I get to that part, let's see if we can um, let's see if we can find the the update that says right here. Uh, uh, here's a follow up. Um, this is the update from Chavo Guerrero, his uncle, uh, her uncle. Uh, just. To let you know, I fully support my cousin, Sherilyn Guerrero, Eddie's daughter, and have been doing so privately in the last couple of years of her struggles. Uh, she's very strong. Woman is coming forth with uh, the sexual assault, uh, <clears throat> sexual assault, she has suffered. I love you, Prima. Uh, let's see. That was a tweet that came in. Now, here is the... This one's a very long one from Vicky Guerrero. And I, I want you to guys to hear this because this came from her Instagram and I saw it on... Um, I saw it on here and it was incredible uh, to listen to this because now we're getting a lot of stuff happening here. Okay. This is the, the response from Vicky Guerrero coming from her Instagram. There are two sides to the story. Over 15 years, uh, over 15 years, my relationship with Sherilyn was, uh, has been hostile. And I have tried to deal with a narcissist person, not only myself, but close friends and Sherilyn. Oh, I'm sorry. Not only <clears throat> myself, but close friends of Sherilyn of over 10 years and family have cut ties with her because of her manic behavior. I tried to do therapy, 
with Shirley, but she said, uh, but she always said no, and that I am sick. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sick. Not her. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm reading this, but I'm, let's see. I tried to do, do therapy, Sherlyn. Uh, I try to do therapy with Sherlyn, but she always said no, and I am sick, not her. Um, <clears throat> Sherlyn, please tell your side of your character of being drunk on the cruise and having guys in your room then <clears throat> trying uh crying because you think you were raped then demanded us to go to a pharmacist in the Bahamas for plan B you wanted a plan dirty you wanted to play dirty and sling Chris and I through the mud. I can <clears throat> play too. Are you enjoying the car that Chris bought you since you wrecked yours? I'm so done with you and tired of the years of uh, the years you of your manipulation, lies, disrespect. I kept quiet for years because you never seek therapy to learn how to have an adult conversation with me. It always, it has always been your way or nothing. And all okay, Sherlyn, not only will I see you in court, but I will no longer be related. For the fans who <clears throat> feel entitled to comment, fuck you. You hear one side of the story and you feel entitled to comment on something you know nothing about. So that was from Vicky Guerrero. <clears throat> that was from <coughs> that was from Vicky Guerrero on her Instagram post. So boy, let's um let's analyze all this because um you know you know this is this is something that definitely hits home for me. And 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 I say hit hits home with me because I, I've never been sexually assaulted. I'm just I'm telling you that right now, but I do know a few people that have and I and I see this and I know where this is coming from. I see where all this is going. So this is the thing that I'm looking at at this point in time right now. So allow me to tell you a story. Allow me to tell you something. So I had a friend of mine. I had a friend of mine who <clears throat> was sexually assaulted when she was a little girl. And she was sexually assaulted by her own father. Now, instead of the mother doing anything about it, the mother went ahead and sided with the man, sided with the husband, instead of trying to protect her own daughter. Now, this was gone on for many, many years, even through the teenage years. And just when you think that the mother and the daughter would get closer, all of a sudden, the mother still chooses to go 
with the man. And no matter how many times, and I kind of see this, as, I kind of see this from from uh, from a perspective here. Um, no matter how many times the daughter tries to <clears throat> reconcile, get therapy, get all the shit she, you know, asked for. All of a sudden, the mother chooses to still be with the man until the man passed away. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to this that I'm telling you because I I see where the daughter's coming from, and I also kind of see where the mother is coming from as well in Vicky Guerrero. Now, as a fan of Vicky Guerrero, well, actually, actually, I'm sorry. <clears throat> My apologies. As a, um, a wrestling fan overall, I know that there's a lot of fans <clears throat> that would be extremely upset at what they heard. Now, you just heard all that stuff from uh, Cheryl. Now, <clears throat> I think she's telling the truth, from my side of the story anyway. I believe she is saying something that is true and everything else like that. So it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Now, also, in another way, uh, Vicky, who is also someone that, um, you know, I kind of wonder about what Vicky's life is really like, you know, and I'm not talking about in the wrestling business because you know how when the WWE always likes to portray someone and make them look so good on television, they make them look so good on television that it makes everyone think that she is an innocent mother in every way possible. And sometimes I wonder if she is an innocent mother. And and I've often wondered, I've often wondered, like, um, what was Vicky Guerrero's life after Eddie Guerrero passed? I mean, obviously, I mean, she had to have some relationships in every way possible. And you would figure that, you would figure that she would probably not want to do anything in professional wrestling because Vicky was never a pro wrestler, never a pro manager, never anyone that understood the business at all. She was, she became a Guerrero because of Eddie. She became a Guerrero because of Eddie. Simple as that. Now, what what comes with it is fame and fortune. What comes with it was fame and fortune, and. I have no doubt that the cruise was true. I have no doubt that uh, Cheryl was probably. I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, she she doesn't look like she's. She looks at least what, sixteen at least in this one, or maybe she's twenty one. I don't know how old she is, but she looks. She looks a bit too young to be drinking. I mean, <clears throat> now, if the story about. Vicky trying to get her daughter to go to therapy is true, and she refused. I kind of believe that. <clears throat> I kind of believe that part of the story right there. If, if the story about the sexual allegations was true, then I believe that as well. There's so many things that you can look at, you know, and some people will automatically go to Vicky and say, we don't believe you. We think you're full of shit. We think 
you chose your husband over your own daughter because you believe his side and you think he didn't do anything wrong. This is the kind of thing that happens in real life, folks. I mean, this this does happen in real life because in many ways, and trust me, and I, I've seen this, I've experienced this, I know what it's like. <clears throat> I've always seen a daughter always get played by a mother. And the mother always chooses to go ahead and go with the husband or the stepfather or whoever. You know, that's that's kind of how it is. And it's a true story, guys. I mean, this is not this is not something you want to take lightly. This is real serious shit. And you know, I'm not a I'm not a therapist and I can't tell you exactly what's going on, but I can tell you my own experiences because I've seen them before my eyes. You know, this same friend had a mother that would choose and and I'll be honest. The friends that I have have done a shitload of drugs and I'm I'm being honest straight up here. Now, I'm not going to mention the names because I, I choose to leave their names out for personal reasons. And others, you know, and I know some of my some of the listeners that know me quite well probably have an idea of who I'm talking about. But they've done a ton load of drugs. And I know that in the neighborhood that I live in, a lot of uh, fighting has occurred over there. A lot of drugs, a lot of partying. A lot of everything has gone down. Kind of something that we've done here at the house, but the only difference is we drink, we barbecue, we have a good time, no drugs allowed. Now, it doesn't surprise me about the rape charges. It doesn't surprise me about the therapy. It doesn't surprise me about any of those things. Now, people choose to side with whoever because one side may be telling one side of the story and the other one's telling another side of the story. Now, who am I siding with at this point? This one's tough to determine because this is a bit different because, well, this is not a bit different. This is more like the, it's the same that I've gone through because if a mother chooses to side with a husband a stepfather, a boyfriend, instead of her own daughter, then that's not cool. But you also have to understand something. Another thing that you have to bring up in the story here. If the if the mother chooses to side with them, there's a reason for it. Maybe it's because of love. Maybe it's because she doesn't want to be alone. Maybe it's because she doesn't want anything bad to happen to him or, or something in that particular nature. There's always got to be a reason behind it. I mean, some, some people think it would be easy. Oh, well, the mother has to side with the daughter if the daughter is, you know, being raped and everything else like that. I mean, that's not cool. The mother has to side with the daughter. But then you have to look at the other side of the coin here. What if the daughter is playing a little manipulation game? What if everything that they're saying is true about the car, the cruises, the partying, the drinking, and, and the fact that they refuse therapy? And that's something that, that's something that unfortunately is true in real life because when you decide to play these little games with your own mother and I and I'm not once again I'm not siding with um, Cheryl here I'm just viewing out something that everyone needs to look at if you're playing this manipulation game on your mother and she's telling you to get therapy and everything else like that and you refuse then you have a problem you have a problem but 
on the other side of the coin once again, if Cheryl is telling the truth and everything comes out in the open and Vicky, and, and let's also mention this, Vicky blocks her own daughter. Now, I can tell you from, from this vantage point that that has happened also, where a mother blocks her own daughter while the daughter is trying to get therapy of her own. See, a friend of mine who is clean, sober, and okay is doing fine for herself. Uh, is not doing drugs, thank God. Has not tried to commit suicide, thank God. Has not, however, has ended up in a bad relationship, and it's it's one of those things that I've seen before, and I, I refuse. I, and it's not like I don't want to be a part of it. It's just one of those things where that's your business. You step it aside. Don't don't bring me into this. But I see I see what I see with my own eyes. So here, this is tough because I don't know. You know, some fans can go ahead and side with Cheryl, but if you've never experienced what they've gone what they've gone through, and if you're choosing to go ahead and just you know, bash Vicky and everything else like that. It, it, that's fine. You can go ahead and bash Vicky. You can tell her she's a bad mother for siding with the, with the stepfather, husband, and yada, yada, yada. But you also have to remember something. If what Cheryl is saying is true, then Vicky is a horrible person. But if Vicky, what Vicky is saying is true, and she's just playing this little game on, on TikTok, and, and, and trust me, guys, I'll tell you this much. With the way me, the way social media has been, people will believe in anything that people say. It's the truth. I mean, people will believe in anything that's being put out there. If this person is a rapist, if this person is a racist, if this person is a, a narcissistic person, and all this other stuff, okay, well then, people will believe that story. And say, hey, this person's full of fucking shit. We shouldn't side with them. You know. It's a very serious story, guys. It's a, it's a very serious situation, and we have to meet its respects in every way possible. Now, what do I think at this point? Mm. I don't know at this point. I, I really don't. Now, the only things that I see right now in my personal view of things about this situation is this. I think what happened with Cheryl was bad. And <clears throat> if it, it took, let's see, we're in 2023 and this took place in 2020 at a time when everything was closed down. And also another thing that you have to also remember, and you have to think about this. Vicky is a performer with AEW. Now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken... She's no longer in the company, if I'm not mistaken, right? If she's no longer in the company, uh, well, I, uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, all this is coming into my head. I'm trying to see if, if she's in the company. And I don't think Vicky is, but I think she is also. But <clears throat> so many things are coming into my head that I'm, I'm trying to figure out here. So. <clears throat> The way I see things is that I really think that whatever whatever's going on between Vicky and um, and Cheryl 
I think it'll be resolved. I mean, and and here's also here's also another thing that I find real funny. I mentioned the mom blocks the mother, the mom blocks the daughter, the daughter blocks the mother, and all this other stuff. And look, listen, I've also seen where if the mother blocks the daughter, they'll still be in communication with each other. They'll still be in communication with each other. And listen, I've seen this where where the mother thinks it's okay and the mother is the supposed angel, but yet something goes wrong. Everything is in, in, in the wrong place at the wrong time and it just ends up uh, being all screwed up. And before you know it, uh, the mother chooses to blame the daughter because the daughter didn't do a damn thing, you know? And that's kind of it. And it's... It's it's nuts. It's it's so chaotic. And the only thing I can mention at this point is if I see that Vicky is lying about this, and trust me, this is not this is not good for her career at all, especially with these sexual allegations. I'm just hoping that Vicky is telling the truth. And if that's the case, not only does and this is my opinion. Not only does Cheryl need to go to therapy, I think there needs to be therapy for Vicky as well. I, I honest, honestly, honestly, listen to me. I know some people are gonna say, "No, you can't. You know, you can't put them in the same room together." Then what the fuck are you gonna do? I mean, if this is fucking true, if this is fucking true, you need to make sure that if if she goes to therapy, you go to therapy too. Okay. I mean, Vicky, I don't think Vicky is a sick person, but I think she is, if, I would never place my daughter or, or son, and I don't have a daughter or son, but I would never try to place my daughter or son in a position to where I block them forever, unless they've done something horrible. I think what Vicky Guerrero is doing is right, but I also think that you may have told Instagram that you don't want anything to do with your daughter, that you blocked them, and you, you want to see them in court, and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But here's the sad part. Easter's coming up, guys. Easter is coming up. What happens if we see the Guerrero family all together? Hmm? Hmm? The fuck does that tell you? I'll tell you this right now. I'm not signing with the daughter. I'm not signing with the mom. I'm just going to let it play out. We're going to see how all this goes. If Vicky is lying, then you chose to side with the husband. But if, if Cheryl's telling the truth, you are in a lot of trouble. And also, if everything comes according to plan, you two need to get therapy. I'm, and not just for Cheryl. I think that Vicky needs therapy as well. That, And I'm not saying she's a sick person. It's one of these things where the mother has to help the daughter. That's the bottom line. The mother has to help the daughter. Because if you actually told, and you posted this on Instagram, if you had told your own daughter to seek therapy and she refused... This is the time to get your daughter into therapy. You need to get your daughter into therapy. Forget about the husband for a moment and think about your daughter for a moment. 
I'm not saying decide with the daughter. I'm saying if you have an opportunity to get your daughter into therapy and everybody knows about it, get your daughter into therapy. That's the bottom line. Get her into therapy. Get her and yourself in therapy and work out your differences and put it all out there and find out what the truth is. But if you choose to back out of this whole therapy thing and you had asked for her to go to therapy, I got news for you. Something doesn't smell right here. Something doesn't smell right at all. Because if she does go to therapy and you don't, then there's something wrong with you. The whole, the whole thing that I see, it, this is something that I've seen for a long time with other mothers and other daughters. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. To all of you that have never heard, or some of you that have probably been through this before, I think you know what I'm talking about. But for the rest, if you don't know, trust me, it's, it's not a pretty sight. It's not a pretty sight at all. At this point, I really don't know who to side with. I don't know if I should side with Vicky, if I should side with Cheryl. But I'm telling you this right now. Somebody needs to get fixed. And I know that this is a family matter, and it needs to be within family members, okay? If we want to show our support, we can and the thing that you also have to understand is, listen, guys, be, please be careful. And to every mother out there, listen, please don't choose your husband. Please don't choose your husband. Please don't choose your man. Please don't choose any of them. If your daughter is telling the truth, hear her out. Hear her out. But if you know your daughter very, very well and she's playing these little games... And if you think that therapy is the only way to get through, okay. But make sure the daughter takes the therapy even if she says no. Okay? That's the bottom line. You need to be a good mother for once. All right? That's how it goes. So until then, until we see something different, until something comes up, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to let this story play out and we'll find out what happens in the next few days. And we are getting closer to Easter, guys. So... Something's got to give here. Something's got to give now. But in the meantime, guys, we'll leave this alone for now. Vicky, you need to get therapy. And Cheryl, if your mom's telling the truth, you need to get therapy yourself. I support you. The wrestling fan supports you. And I'm sorry for what you're going through right now. But if Vicky is telling you the truth and telling you to get therapy, do it. Don't play, don't play these little... Because I've seen a girl like you before. And I know what kind of games you're playing. If your mother's telling you the truth, go go and get therapy. Get therapy as soon as possible. And make sure your mom is with you when the therapy session begins. All right? And if you do it, hey, you'll prove us all wrong. And Vicky, you need to be there in therapy too. Because if you don't, we'll see you for the person you really are. <laughs> Break it, point it out.
to this show, all you got to do is go over to my email address at themainevent1977 at gmail.com. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. And whatever question you have, the main event will be glad to put it right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And it could be any question that you want to ask. That's themainevent1977 at gmail.com. One more time. The main event, 1977 at gmail.com, and you'll hear it right here on the main event talk podcast. Okay, let's get into the first event that happened on the beginning of WrestleMania weekend. So, this uh, pretty much started around Thursday. 
Uh, it was the Multiverse United event. At first, I didn't get a chance to look at it because it was a bit cut off when I was trying to watch the pay-per-view. And then, all of a sudden, it came right back to me and everything. Now, keep in mind, I, I saw some of this, and then I must apologize that I kind of fell asleep through uh, a couple of matches that I wanted to see so bad. And I, and I wish I was... Uh, able to record it, but I never had a chance to. So let's go ahead. There were about a total of nine matches that took place at the Multiverse United this past Thursday, and uh, I wanted to go ahead and check this out. So here were here are the. I guess this came out of the countdown show. Uh, I don't think it was on YouTube, but it was definitely on the pay per view. Um, let's see, you, Yuya Urmura. Yuya Amura defeated Gabriel Kidd. This was a singles match that lasted about 7 minutes and 52 seconds. And then the six-way scramble match for the Impact and X Division Championship. Trey Miguel defeated Clark Connors, Frank, Frankie Kazarian, uh, Kevin Knight, Ritz Swan, and Rocky Romero. This was um, this is a knockdown dragout match. This was an incredible match to look at. Uh, I didn't know who Kevin Hart was until uh, Kevin Hart, Kevin Knight was, until I saw him in the ring. And wow, he, Kevin Hart really, uh, Kevin Hart, Kevin Knight really brought something to the table that I think was incredible. And I think that, uh, let's see, I guess he's a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I don't know, you know, what's in store for him and what's going to go through him and everything else like that. But this was a an incredible match, to, to say the least. So, but Trey Miguel won the match. Trey Miguel uh, retained his NX, uh, his NXT, his Impact X Division Championship. So no doubt he'll be defending his championship at Rebellion soon. We don't know who his opponent will be. But hopefully, once my time is off, that we'll talk about that around um, when I return before May 6th. So... Let's get into the next matchup right here. This one, um, eight-man tag team matchup. Uh, Alex Coughlin, uh, Sammy Callahan, Fred Rosser, and PCO defeated the team of Eddie Edwards, Joe Hendry, uh, Team Filthy, which was Tom Lawler and J.R. Kratos, won by pinfall. Uh, this one was a good matchup. Jeff Cobb defeated Moose in a singles match. And we now know who is going to head on to Rebellion to take on either um, to take on who's the ch um, Jordan Grace for the NXT for the NXT for the Knockouts Championship. Let me <coughs> put this out here. Um, Deanna Perrazzo, uh, Glissel Shaw. Mosh, Masha Slamovich and uh, my uh, my you Yama Yamashita uh, Deanna Peraza won the match so that means that she's going to move on to Rebellion to take on Jordan Grace and if Mickey James is cleared to compete then she'll be able to defend the Knockouts Championship and it'll be a triple threat match but we will see how all this turns out uh, in Rebellion. But in the meantime, congratulations go out to Deanna Peraza for winning the match. 
this one, a four-way tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. The Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, uh, defeated Aussie Open, the Motor City Machine Guns, and TMDK. Uh, this one was a good match. I saw some of it, not a whole lot, but it was an incredible match. Uh, Kushida taking on Leo Rush. Kushida defeated Leo Rush in a submission. That's what went down. Kenta beat Minoru Suzuki for the Openweight Championship. And, of course, the main event of the match was uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I missed this match, by the way. Hiroshi Tanahashi going face-to-face with Mike Bailey, Speedball Mike Bailey of Impact Wrestling, which Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, I'm sorry, defeated Mike Bailey at Multiverse United. Okay, that all took place at the Multiverse United pay-per-view event. Incredible event. Uh, love how everything went down. Um, man, I, and I, I tried to see some of this match, but I was like, you know, like one minute I was dozing off, and then all of a sudden I was uh, coming back in two and everything. I, I wish I was some way for me to record all that, but I didn't have a chance to do it. But nonetheless, it is what it is. It is in the record books. Uh, that was the first of many, of many events that would take place at WrestleMania weekend. Now, let's get into the next event that would take place. Um, it's the Supercard of Honor match. Uh, the Supercard of Honor event, uh, sponsored by Ring of Honor, promoted by AEW. You know how it went. So, uh, I mentioned that there probably be new matches involved. And uh, I only announced like maybe about nine of them, maybe ten perhaps. But there were a total of 12 matches that happened at the uh, pay-per-view event. Now, four of those were in the countdown show, the Zero Hour, and the rest came in on pay-per-view. Now, there is one match in particular that I'm going to talk about on this episode, and we'll discuss it in a minute. So let's go ahead and get right into the matchup. Now, some of these names you might have already heard of already that appeared in the... Multiverse United, and you're going to see these names right here on the Supercard of Honor pay-per-view. So the first matchup of the Countdown Show, Jeff Cobb defeated Tracy Williams. I saw some of this match, not all of it. Uh, Konosuke, uh, Konosuke uh, Taka, Takashida. It's, well, you know what it is. Uh, defeated Willie Mack. Willow Nightingale defeated Miranda Alizai via pinfall. And let's see, Stu Garrison defeated, let's see, Stu Garrison defeated Slim J by pinfall. And that was what took place at the countdown show. Uh, I had to take off somewhere because I had to get a few things for, you know, uh, to prepare myself for what was going to happen this uh, this coming WrestleMania weekend. So, here are more of the matches that took place. This is during the pay-per-view. Um, around the time in the middle, and I wanted to go ahead and bring this up, there was an appearance by none other than former Ring of Honor world champion. He was also a former commentator for NXT. Uh, also NXT, I believe, United Kingdom. 
He also wrestled in Impact Wrestling. Nigel McGuinness had appeared in Ring of Honor Wrestling, and it was good to hear his voice. It was good to hear, uh, see him at all. He looks extremely well and everything else like that. Good to see Nigel McGuinness back in Ring of Honor Wrestling. So the first matchup was for the AAA Mega Championship. Uh, let's see. Uh, he, I can't really pronounce his name, but uh, El Gio del Vikingo. I believe that's correct. Is that right? Let's see if I can... Man, I, I, got, I got a few smudges on my computer here that I can't really see the name, but let me go ahead and... Um, Helio del Vikingo defeated Commander to retain his Mega Championship. The Embassy defeated A.R. Fox, Blake Christian, and Metalik to retain the six-man World Tag Team Championships. Athena defeated um, Yuka Sakazaki for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. That was a hell of a match right there. Uh, Samoa Joe, this was one of the saddest moments right here. This was a good match, and I, although I wish the results were a bit different, Samoa Joe defeated Mark Briscoe via submission for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Daniel Garcia in a singles match. Uh, the Reach for the Sky. I'm going to talk about the Reach for the Sky match in a minute. But I'll go ahead and mention who won. Um, the Lucha Brothers won against a team of, let's see if I can put this together, uh, defeated Top, top Flight, The Kingdom, uh, Ozzy Open, and La Faction uh, Intocable, I think that's what it is. Um, let's see. Um, the pure, the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, Katusiyan uh, Shibata, defeated Wheeler Yuta to become the new champion. That's what happened. And, of course, Claudio Clashinoli uh, of the Blackpool Combat Club defeated Eddie Kingston... At the end of the match, Eddie had a few words he had to say, not a whole lot, and then it went on from there. So that was the entire Ring of Honor, uh, Super Card of Honor match that took place this past Friday night. Now, uh, I wanted to talk about the Reach. I wanted to talk about the the Reach for the Sky ladder match. Uh, I know some people wanted my opinion on what happened. I did see this take place as it happened. So... Let me get into it. Um, so there was a spot in the match. Uh, I was kind of going back and forth because I was watching the Hall of Fame ceremony as it was beginning. And then I was getting right back into the match. And it, uh, ladder, the, the fucking ladder match was, I mean, we already knew how it was going to be. I, I already saw ladders, tables, and chairs, and everything that went down. But what happened... Uh, on one spot, which I, I was I was very lucky and fortunate to see it, and somehow I wish I kind of regret seeing that. So, what happened was in this match, there was a point where uh, there were several superstars that were down. I think it was uh, Penta L Zero that was in um, where there's a ladder that's placed like right in the middle where the belts are. There is a ladder across going from one side to the ring, to the rope and everything. 
And then there was a spot where I saw all these stacks of tables that were set outside the ring. Now you can see where this is going. So all of a sudden there's this one spot where I think it was Dante Martin. Dante Martin comes in and all of a sudden as soon as I saw the Canadian destroyer about to be applied. They were both fighting for the Ring of Honor and there was, you know, they go from one side and go from the ladder right towards the tables that they're trying to set things up, right? And the Canadian destroyer is about to be used in this one. And as soon as that happened, the Canadian destroyer was used, flipped over, uh, hit the tables, but didn't get it all. And there was a moment where I think Dante landed, but unfortunately when he landed his leg looked like it looked like it oh i i don't want to even describe what the fuck i saw but my god it was ugly i i i just saw that i i literally got out of my chair like oh my god what the and luckily um the only thing i remember seeing in the match was uh everybody unfortunately was out there um the, the uh, referees and security were out there. Uh, I saw how Dante's leg look. Ooh, I, I, I don't want to even describe it to you guys. It, it was brutal. If you you have to see it to believe it, it was just one of the one of the craziest things. And this was one of many many things. Well, I think there was just probably what the, the, the second or third thing that happened that uh, happened at WrestleMania weekend. Unfortunately, Dante's was the worst of them all. So, now, the reports that I got... Let me see if we can uh, look into the situation here with uh, Dante Martin. Let me see if we can... Uh, Dante... Okay, the Dante Martin injury. Okay, I think this was a couple of days ago. Okay, now... This was a thing that I heard, uh, and I saw this. Uh, this is from Wrestling Inc. Uh, Dante Martin released from hospital after Ring of Honor Supercard injury praises Tony Khan uh, and AD, ABW, AEW medical staff. So let's get into what uh, it says here. As reported on Friday, uh, ROH Supercard of Honor, uh, top flight Dante Martin suffered a gruesome injury during the ring uh, during the reach for the sky ladder match uh, for the vacated ring of honor world tag team championship he had open uh, uh, he had injured his foot and ankle after hitting the Canadian destroyer off the ladder bridge through uh, through stacked tables now uh, let me read on to this a little bit no, the same night during the ring of honor Media Scrum, uh, AEW Tony Khan gave an update on noting that Dante was in the hospital, or um, was at the hospital early Sunday morning. Uh, Dante took to Twitter to reveal that he is out of the hospital for now, and he praised the AEW medical staff, uh, Doc Sampson, and AEW president. Uh, says here, blessed to work. For a guy like Tony Khan, great to see him right after getting out of the hospital last night. 
thank you, Doc Sampson and AEW medical staff. Uh, come back at SZN. Uh, tweeted the 22-year-old. Okay. Uh, several wrestlers, including um, Big Damo, uh, Killian Dane, former ML, uh, uh, former MLW Tag Team Champion, Ed Eddie Junjun, and um, New Japan Japanese wrestling legend Sima, reacted to a social media post wishing him a speeding recovery. Let's see. Um, let's see. AEW slash Ring of Honor tag team sadly has been uh, plagued by injuries. Dante's tag team partner, uh, the older brother, Darius, suffered a torn ACL in February of 2021 before he returned in March of 2022. Though just a few... I'm sorry. Though just a few matches later he was in a car accident injured his leg and he was out almost eight months one of the top flights last aew matches before supercard of honor on march 22nd uh on an episode of dynamite where he faced the aew world tag team champions guns for the titles okay so that was what everything that needed to happen let's see um I think there's more. Let's see. Um, I don't. Well, this is just something. Um, it's something else that happened. Okay. Well, anyways, let me. So, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of things about this match. Um, you know, guys, I I've often said that professional wrestling is not all that you claim it to be, okay? And and what I mean by that is this. Um, injuries like this should have not occurred. This, this, this should not have been necessary at all in any ways possible. So, and, and I'm not trying to be some sort of a, an idiot in some way, but I, I just think that these guys, especially when it comes to guys like Dante Martin, they need to beat extremely careful with where they're at. Listen, you have to remember, I I miss the days of professional wrestling when when professional wrestling can be treated with respect and you want wrestling to be real. You want wrestling to be what it is. But you, you don't need the necessary tables, ladders and chairs and all that to make things worse. Now, there is such a thing as trying to make it as realistic as possible. And sometimes when you take it too far, you take it too far. And sometimes these wrestlers really take it to that point where if they have to go the extra distance, they will. And they've done that. So, look, in my opinion, um, and this is something, I'm glad that Dante Martin is okay. I'm glad that, um, you know, He's on the hospitals early. I'm not sure how long it will be until Dante Martin is back in the ring, because this this just happened on Friday, so we're going on uh, we're almost going on a week since Dante Martin's injury, and I know that's going to be a talk of the wrestling world. But unfortunately, his injury is not the biggest talk in the wrestling world, if you know what I'm talking about. So the biggest talk will be happening later on uh, on the next episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. So. Um, 
my, my thought is this, guys. Look, listen. I, I know you're going to hear, and I'm going to promise this. Uh, you're going to hear this from Jim Cornette. You're going to hear this from a lot of other people as well. On this, on this horrific thing that happened, and I promise you, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna get two sides of everything, you know, uh, one side from the Wrestling Observer, and one on the other side from Jim Cornette and the great Brian Lass about, about this particular incident. Uh, all I can say is, uh, we wish Dante Martin uh, nothing but the best. We hope he stays healthy. Uh, we hope that um, somehow he manages to get, get back into play here. And, and keep in mind, I mean, I'm hoping he comes back within a year, maybe another two, maybe another two years, depending. I don't know. But Dante needs to be careful with his leg. He's got a bright future, and I don't want to see what happened to him. You know, it, it, it was just gruesome. It was just bad for what it is. We wish Dante Martin of Top Flight nothing but the best. We hope he comes back in the ring soon, and hopefully everything goes well. Dante, please be careful, my friend. Please be careful. Please don't take any risks like that ever again. Just well, But then again, me telling a wrestler to stop taking risks like that, it's like me stopping, you know, me having to stop watching professional wrestling. You know it's not going to happen. You know stunts like this are going to continue. And I know I, I know I have a lot more to say, but I kind of want to leave that alone for right now when the time is right. But I'm going to let like Jim Cornette and everybody, everybody else talk about what had taken place at the Supercard of Honor event. So that is um, everything you need to know about those events for right now. Supercard of Honor was incredible. Um, you, uh, Multiverse United was incredible. Um, that, that's it. I mean, if, hopefully you got a chance to see that on pay-per-view. If you did not get a chance to see the encore presentation of both Ring of Honor's uh, Ring of Honor's um, Supercard of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact Wrestling's Multiverse United that happened last week, this past Thursday. Both events were extremely incredible. Okay, so let's talk about the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, that happened on Friday. Um, the main event was going back and forth with... Um, I uh, was going back and forth with the whole thing that happened with uh, Ring of Honor's uh, Super Card of Honor because that happened. That, hap- that happened around, let's see, I think the Super Card of Honor had happened right around 7 o'clock on Friday. And then all of a sudden, uh, I think the Hall of Fame had happened. I think it was at, um, let's see, SmackDown ended at 9. And I'm guessing at uh, 9, 9.30, I think, is when the whole Hall of Fame started. I think it started a little bit earlier than that. But it was a, a pretty long Hall of Fame, uh, to say the very least. So we started off with um, uh, Mick Foley and Tori Wilson inducting Stacey Keebler into the Hall of Fame, which that's still a questionable questionable deal. You know, I mean, why why is she being inducted and everything else like that? And I could kind of see why, and I just overlooked it and didn't really want to discuss it anymore. I just wanted this to be over with and everything. Then you had um, uh, the next inductee was um, 
Andy Kaufman, I believe, was the next one. Uh, I had a feeling that Jerry the King Lawler was not going to be in attendance there, but he did show a video of himself uh, wanting, you know, saying that he was going to be there in the hall. He would love to be there at the Hall of Fame, but we know about his issues and everything else like that. So um, uh, they were inducted by Jimmy Hart who also had a role in, in all this because Jimmy Hart was a part of the whole Andy Kaufman type situation and stuff. And um, they were being inducted by Andy Kaufman's family who were a part of the festivities and everything, uh, telling us about their son and everything else in between. So that was good to look into and stuff, which was incredible. Loved it. Uh, the next inductee was, let's see, um, they talked about Tim White on this one. Uh, referee Tim White, who was awarded the Warrior Award. Um, incredible to say the least, uh, APA was there to induct him. And of course, uh, they were inducted by, uh, her, his, um, Tim's brothers, I believe, uh, Tim White's brothers that inducted him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, which was very appropriate, which was right. And um, Tim White deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. Great. The Warrior Award. And then <clears throat> this was the interesting one here for me. And this is something that, that has kind of kind of kind of garnered some attention because Ric Flair, who I had a feeling, I mean, I, I kept saying, if you're going to induct this individual into the WWE Hall of Fame, let it be Shinsuke Nakamura. But then again, when I think about it, uh, we'll need an English interpreter to get all this done in every way possible. So they had no choice but to get Ric Flair as the one to induct the Great Muda into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, because of the fact that the Great Muda had faced off against Ric Flair, there were certain things that Ric Flair said that were... A bit untrue, a bit untrue, and and it's trust me, uh, a lot of people have picked up on that. So they, uh, Ric Flair went ahead and inducted. Ric Flair went ahead and inducted uh, the Great Muda into the Hall of Fame. Came in suit and all, showed up, did the whole green mist thing and everything, which was incredible. Spoke a little bit of English. That's all he needed to say, and that was it. Now. I, I, I had said this before, and I'll say it again. I predicted in the very beginning of 2023 that he would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, when they announced that he was going to retire. This would be the perfect moment for the great Muda to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and this was the right moment to say the very least. Now we're, we're down to our last inductee. This is not going to be a short... Uh, this is not going to be a long Hall of Fame deal. Uh, I just wanted to go ahead and uh, get this one out of the way because I knew it was going to be extremely, uh, extremely quick. You know, the Hall of Fame was it was exciting. It was great to watch. Um, it started with um, Conan, who had possibly the greatest speech of all time. I'll probably I'll probably play that for you later on. When the main event gets the opportunity. So uh, Conan was there. Um, inducting Rey Mysterio into the Hall of Fame. Uh, talked about the story of Rey Mysterio. Where he started. And everything. Uh, talked about the history in ECW. The history in WCW. The history uh, 
you know, the whole nine yards. He is the pride of Mexico and everything, which is all true. And um, it was a great, great introduction, you know. Love it. Rey Mysterio shows up, shaking everyone's hand that's on the podium, and on the stage, I'm sorry. And then you get Dominic Mysterio, who, who was practically right there. And my thought was, oh my God, why is he even there? You figured he would have at least gone backstage, right? But then there was a part to the store, a part to the whole deal, just to kind of fuel the fire on Sunday, uh, or Saturday, where... Uh, where Rey Mysterio was uh, speaking just for the for the next two minutes, and then Dominic walks out. Right, Dominic walked out of the uh, home main speech, which was very disrespectful in any way possible. But yeah, it, it came down to it. And then after that, you know, Rey Mysterio just didn't care. But he said he'll handle business on Sunday, which was good. So. Uh, Ray pretty much talked about his history uh, in Guadalupe, Mexico. He talked about his history with professional wrestling. Uh, Conan is the man responsible for bringing Ray Mysterio into the United States. Um, you know, it was one of the most incredible Hall of Fame speeches ever. Uh, it took a while, and uh, I was, um, you know, mesmerized in tears because, and, and I'll say this because. You know, not only as a fan of professional wrestling, but also as a Latino. L.A. for WrestleMania. L.A. Um, is huge. I always feel that Texas has always been uh, huge, not just for for Texas itself, but it's also good for the Latino community, you know, for the uh, Spanish community in every way possible. Rey Mysterio inducts that. And I tell you, for all of us, for people like Rey Mysterio and Legado del Fantasma and Conan and Psychosis and the Rey Phoenixes, uh, the Lucha Brothers, um, <clears throat> you know, several, you know, Lucha Libre talent, especially in WrestleMania weekend, playing a major role in WrestleMania weekend. All of this is centered around one man, and that's Rey Mysterio. And I'll tell you, I've always felt that we need more Latinos in WWE. We need more Latinos in professional wrestling overall. Whether it's in AEW, whether it's in Impact Wrestling in New Japan, in NWA, every way possible. I always feel like the Mexican culture, we, we've had a, a, a tendency of taking over the wrestling business. And we've become, you know, huge since then. I mean... When you think of the likes of Rey Mysterio and Conan and Eddie Guerrero and others in that particular nature, Mir Mascaras, you got to think about individuals like that. We present some, this was, this was something for us. I mean, this, this WrestleMania, this WrestleMania weekend revolved around Rey Mysterio, but it revolved around us as Latinos and, and me being um, a Latino myself, I'm Mexican, okay? It's incredible, and the Hall of Fame speech was great. The <clears throat> everything that uh, happened, you know, in this Hall of Fame was truly incredible. I love watching the Hall of. It wasn't the best Hall of Fame that they put together, but it was good enough for what it was, and I was glad to see it from my eyes. So the main event wanted to go ahead and take it, an opportunity at this time to go ahead and congratulate. The Hall of Fame class of 2023, congratulations to Stacey Keebler, congratulations to 
uh, the great Muda. Congratulations to Andy Kaufman, Tim White. And, of course, congratulations are in order for Ray Mysterio for these individuals for being inducted into the class of 2023 WWE Hall of Fame. It was incredible to watch. And I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that Conan speech one more time because that was a speech. Oh, man. I loved it. It was a great speech. You have to hear it for yourself. Once again, congratulations to the entire class of 2023 for being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Real talk, what an electric atmosphere here in Los Angeles. Y arriba Mexico. An eclectic and beautiful crowd. Way different than when I first broke into the business more than 35 years ago. Let's keep it a buck. The U.S. wrestling scene wasn't as diverse back then as it is today. There sure weren't guys race size back then. Boy, have things changed. I can see superstars of all shapes, sizes, and backgrounds here tonight. What a beautiful sight to behold. I can tell you Ray was a hard sell to promoters. First of all, when I first met him, he was 12 years old. He was a surfer, laid back, always in surfer shorts, very scrawny with long hair, probably weighed a buck 15, maybe, probably. That's what I had to work with. I had to convince promoters to use that, all right? So the guy was a buck 15, maybe, probably, not even sure, soaking wet. He had rosy cheeks, dare I say, he was very cute. He was. That kind of sets the stage for what I had to sell to promoters back in the late 80s and early 90s when bodybuilders ruled this industry. He was definitely an anomaly. As you can imagine, he was not an easy sell. But I was going to P.T. Barnum and Colonel Tom Parker him to anyone who would listen. First stop, Hollywood, California, the independent scene. I would bring him with me. The venue was usually a bar in Hollywood. The place was 18 and older. Ray was 15, and the guy at the door was like, how old is this guy? I was like, he's 19. The doorman would say, tell him to take his mask off. I would say, he doesn't speak English. He's a mini luchador, and he's very sensitive about his looks and his features. Plus, it's his birthday. Being the worker that I was, none of this was true. But as usual, Ray shaked and baked it, and the same guy who wouldn't let him in was taking pictures with him, so I knew I was onto something. Next stop, Mexico City, when Antonio Pena. The founder of AAA told me he wanted new talent and instructed me to find them. My first two prospects were Rey Mysterio and Psicosis. 
Yo, I brought Ray to Triple A and Peña looked at me and said, are you serious? I go and look, I know, I know it looks like he hasn't hit puberty, but he's special. Thank God he listened to me and the rest is history. Next stop was Paul Heyman in ECW. He asked me about Ray's psychosis on a trip to Singapore. I said, with all due respect to the rest of your roster, they're going to blow everything away that night. Let me just throw out this caveat. What Polly understood then is that talent has no weight, height, or gender. You're just talented. Polly called me frantically. The show wasn't over. I could hear people screaming in the background. I knew he was still at the building. He goes, can I have him next week? I said, sure. That match turned out to be a classic. Next stop, WCW. Like I had to do in AAA, I had to sell Ray Mysterio to Kevin Sullivan, who probably had to sell it to Eric Bischoff. Mind you, the tagline moniker in WCW was, where the big boys play. Ray was anything but that. The first thing Kevin said was he was too short. And I had a good uh, relationship with Kevin, so I said, you know what? You're vertically challenged yourself, but look how far you came. <laughs> Kevin said, brother, I outweigh him by 100 pounds and I'm three times as wide. I was like, look, I know he looks like you couldn't turn up a chicken out of luau, but that's good because this guy, kids are gonna think he's one of them. Plus think about all the merch he'll sell with that mask. He's something special. He's not a brawler like you. Ray is a generational talent. If you don't sign him, I guarantee you, you will regret this in perpetuity. He looks at me and he goes, I'll give him a tryout match, but if he ain't what you say he is, then don't ever recommend anyone else. We get the WCW. Thank God he had a match with Dean Malenko and not someone bitter. I know Dean is out here somewhere, man. Love you. Someone bitter who didn't respect Ray. I could hear the comments out loud, disrespectfully in the locker room. Oh, are we starting a kids division? Andale, andale, arriba, arriba. I told Ray what was happening. They're making fun of you, bro. But right now you're repping AAA, Lucha Libre, Tijuana, and Mexico. Give these cats your A plus game and educate the ignorant. I'm glad they put Ray in there with Dean Malenko, who made Ray look like a million bucks. I was at the monitor, it started off with me, Public Enemy, Disco Inferno at the monitor. We were popping out all the cool stuff. Then DDP, Marcus Bagwell, the Steiner Brothers, Sting, Macho Man, they all came around. It was a monitor sellout. And as you know, the boys never put anyone over, especially themselves. That is true. But in Ray's debut match, he got a standing ovation. I was so proud he made such an impression that three weeks later, he debuted and beat Malenko for the Cruiserweight title.
I'm so proud to see this shy, raw, talented, humble kid reach the heights he has. Because of that, Lucha Libre is now in every promotion in the world. You see masks from England to Japan, and it's a cultural phenomenon. Ray kick-started that movement. That's Ray the Luchador. But let me tell you about Ray the human being is just as good. He's done so many charitable and altruistic endeavors. I've seen him give homeless people food and talk to them in the streets. When I was in the hospital, literally on my deathbed, he said, I got you, and he did. Thanks to him and his wife, Miko Madre, Andrew. I'm alive today. Te quiero, te amo, Alia también. When you have the type of talent that revolutionizes the sport worldwide and breaks the blueprint and paradigm for what a superstar is supposed to look like, you know why we're honoring him tonight. Let me tell you, talent ain't nothing if you ain't disciplined. That's what sets him apart. As Victor Hugo said, there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And it was his time, and tonight it's his time to give him his flowers while he's still active. What you're witnessing tonight is a legend, an icon in real time in the city of angels. How apropos, because he is an angel. He's an incredible family man. I've often asked if I could be adopted. Maybe I could replace Dominic. I asked Ray and Angie what was the secret to their long marriage. They said communication. They are so right. If you can't communicate, it's like winking at a girl in the dark. Nothing happens. If I were to be reincarnated, I would want Ray to be my best friend again. Ray is the type of person who leaves an indelible impression on you and in your heart for life. For life. He has an infectious smile. Ray, you are the pride of Mexicans and Mexican-Americans and Latinos. I love you, bro. Stand up and show reverence. You are about to see a legend in real time. The one and only, the only one, a beautiful human being. I'm honored and grateful. So happy you picked me to you that night. Mucho respeto para ti. I call Ray the Scarecrow. Why? Because he's outstanding in his field. Your 2023 Hall of Famer, Ray Mysterio Jr. During that WCW time, I had the opportunity to reconnect with someone that I had met when I was 12 years old, and that was Eddie Guerrero. California. I was just a fan, wasn't even wrestling yet, 
had a chance to meet Eddie. He wrestled with my uncle one night, and uh, man, it was the same Eddie that I ran into years later in WCW. His heart never changed. Always had the same heart. Orale. She said, wait it out, stick through it. And what Angie did was, she was studying medicine at the time and she literally put her medical career aside, got a job and would send, and would send me money. send me money so I can pursue my dream. Last and certainly not least, I personally want to thank the WWE Universe. A todos ustedes. Hear me out when I say this. I truly believe that none of this would be possible without all of you, the WWE Universe. You guys have made the name Rey Mysterio immortal.
What's going on, everybody? Furman Torres here from the Main Event Talk Podcast. And I just wanted to go ahead and tell everyone at Rich's Billiards, thank you. Thank you very much for 20 years of being a part of that bar. And here is to 20 more years of being a part of Rich's Billiards. For the past 20 years, Rich's Billiards was one of the best bars going today. And it still is happening today. Back in the day, it used to be called Theo's a long time ago. Now is Rich's Billiards, and it's still the same place that you know and love quite well. So if you've got nothing to do on any particular day that you're doing right now, why don't you head over to Rich's Billiards and come hang with a couple of friends. Go over and shoot some pool, drink some beer, take some shots, have yourself a good time. Be a part of history in every way that you can. The main event has been a part of Rich's Billiards for the past 20 years, and I plan on continuing to still do the same things that I've been doing for the past 20 years, and this place never, ever gets boring. So, if you guys got nothing to do, head over to Rich's Billiards and check out some of their big events, including Emo Night. They always have a special every single month, and they do it in spectacular fashion, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And if you are a sports fan, if you want to check out the NFL, if you want to check out NBA, if you want to check out wrestling, you want to check out the UFC or boxing, Rich's Billiards is the headquarters of UFC, boxing, and all sorts of sports and entertainment in any way possible. For the past 20 years, the main event has had his fun, and the main event has always run the show in every way possible, and you guys can run the show with me. I just want to say thank you to Richard's Billiards for 20 years, and we will continue that tradition every single time. Richard's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average heroes, the legend continues, and it is also now the bar among bars. And the billiards among billiards. I am the main event player. I approve this message. Los Angeles. Your light shines brighter as we continue WrestleMania weekend. Oh, Elton, what a night of headlines. Yes, quite so. Today, NXT returns to Tinseltown. So it's only fitting that your visionary, radiant, glittering hosts, Pretty Deadly, are here to present to you what will guarantee to be an unforgettable, acclaimed, and historic spectacle. Stand and deliver. Yes, boy! Six women put their bodies on the line. In a ladder match to crown an NXT Women's Champion. Elton! I predict this to be a show stealer. The only way that I can win this battle is by climbing that ladder, retrieving my title. But I never lost. Wesley possibly going to retain this title. And he compete against the best athletes from around the world. Which of these five will have their golden moment in Los Angeles? Who will be the North American champion? The tag team scene has been a bustling high of competition. The NXT Tag Team Championships will be contested in a triple threat match. The stand and deliver, the cleats, Tony and Stacks, they fight down the hard way. Gallus boys on top. The NXT Women's Tag 
defending champions Fallon Henley and Kiana James are in their first title defense against a dark force that could cast a shadow over a short reign. Two spirits in turmoil do not deserve to be champions. Stand and deliver. We burn our opposition to the ground. Joy Valdano now must do everything in his power to exact revenge on Grayson Waller. A match so brutal it could take years of your career. Grayson Waller versus Johnny Gargano. No rules. Anything goes. In the sanction match. The future is all about these two titans who have been on a collision course 18 months in the morning. This could be the biggest match in NXT history. As stand and deliver, I'm going to take everything from you, Braun. And I'm going to take it because it's mine. Because I am him. Okay, let's get into the NXT Stand and Deliver event. This was the first of two events that were happening on April 1st on Saturday. So uh, NXT started, um, I believe, started rather pretty early. Um, uh, I know it said it, it said it would start about 1 o'clock, but here in Corpus Christi, uh, we actually saw the event. I think it started at 1 o'clock. If I'm not mistaken, I think no. I'm actually I'm sorry. It started at um, at twelve twelve o'clock was when the entire event started. But eleven p.m. was where everything went down. They they did a one hour countdown show, uh, talking about it. They actually had uh, there were seven matches that happened at the NXT event. Okay, so um, want to go ahead and uh, get these matches up and running right here. So let's start with the eight-person tag team match. And uh, we'll go ahead and go right for the suspense here. Uh, Tyler Bate and the members of Chase, U Chase University, uh, Thea Hale, Duke Hudson, and Andre Chase defeated the schism of Ava, Joe Gacy, Rip Fowler, and Jagger Reed. <clears throat> That was in the countdown show as it happens. Now, there is a piece of news that we're going to go ahead and bring up right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. And this was uh, a few days ago, and we know about their release. And um, let me see if we can go ahead and look for this news. Um, uh, uh, let me see if I can find it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, the team that was known as the Grizzled Young Veterans. There were some... All right, this is the news that I was looking for. Okay, we're going to continue on with it in just a moment, but I want to go ahead and bring up the news about these guys. Uh, this is from the Wrestling Observer Figure 4 Online right here. Uh, Rip Fowler and... Um, Rip Fowler and Reed... Uh, I'm sorry, Rip Fowler and Jaggard Reed... Request release from WWE. Uh, 
were formerly known as Grizzled Young Veterans. Okay, so let's read into this just a little bit here. This is from the this is from the Wrestling Observer right here. Okay, so let's see what they had to say. Uh, the former Grizzled Young Veterans could be on their way out of the WWE. Uh, figure four, let's see. Fivefold reported today that uh, Fowler and Reed have requested their release from the WWE. They've been a part of the NXT uh, brand as members of Joe Gacy's uh, Schism faction. The report didn't state whether WWE has responded to the Fowler's release requests. Oh, crap. <laughs> I was trying to get this report in here. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, it says, we haven't heard a reason why they've asked for their releases, but they expected to announce themselves shortly as well. Fightful wrote. Uh, let me see if there's more to it. Uh, yes, there is. Uh, Fowler, formerly known as Zach, Zach Gibson, Reed, Jade, uh, James Dre were known as the Grizzled Young Veterans in the Indies and in the NXT UK. They were one-time NXT uh, United Kingdom Tag Team Champions. The Grizzled Young Veterans uh, got their in uh, got their new in-ring names when they were revealed as Joe Gacy's associates with NXT last July. Uh, let's see. The schism is uh, Gacy, Fowler, Reed, uh, and uh, Ava Rain lost an eight-person tag to Chase University and Tyler Bate the pre-show at NXT Stand and Deliver uh, this past Saturday. The match was the match had a stipulation where the schism would have gained control of Chase University if they won. So that's uh, that's what was said right here on the uh, FIFA Select on the Wrestling Observer. So we don't know the details of what's going to happen with the schism. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, these individuals. We know that they've requested their release. They have been extremely unhappy with what's happened and with the situation that's been happening already in the past few days, you know they're going to be extremely unhappy and hopefully if they do get their request and with all the respect to the team, I like the Grizzled Young Veterans. I like these two individuals. They have a promising future, but I think, they're know the, I think they know that their future is not going to get anywhere if it's going to continue to be like this. Okay, so let's continue on with uh, the rest of NXT Stand and Deliver. Uh, incredible to say the least uh, ladder match for the NXT Women's Championship to start NXT Stand Deliver uh, Indy Hartwell, Roxanne Perez Zoe Stark, Gigi Dolan uh, Lyra Valkyria and Tiffany Stratton um, this was a good match um, the only thing I can say about it at this point is that if the NXT Women's Championship were to end up in Roxanne Perez's hands would be great. I wanted Indy Hartwell to win. Okay, I, I mentioned that. If it ends up in Zoe Stark's hands, I seriously doubt it. If it ends up in, let's see, 
uh, Gigi's hands, my first thought was J.C. Jane was going to show up. I even mentioned it in the main event talk podcast. Uh, Val- Valkyria, I seriously doubt she'll be champion. And Tiffany Stratton, as I stated before, and I'll say it again, Tiffany Stratton is not ready yet. I don't feel it. So, uh, several spots in this matchup. And I mentioned it just already. I said that Gigi Dolan, if she tries to reach for the NXT Women's Championship, that her former tag team partner will somehow reappear. And sure enough, her former tag team partner reappeared before all of us, and she took down Gigi, took her off the ladder to the next ladder, and took her off. So we know that the feud between DG and JC is not over by a long shot. The only thing that I wanted to see was Indy Hardwell winning. So the next thing I noticed was Indy Hardwell was the only person left, and she was going to try and climb the ladder in this match. She was going to try and climb the ladder, but she couldn't because her leg was hurt. And then here, and here's the funny part, and you, and I'm, I swear to God, this is the truth. My thought was, oh boy, I bet you anything, Dexter Loomis is going to somehow get involved in this. And hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> There's Dexter Loomis right under Indy Hardwell. And hey, listen, um, wrong move or not, Dexter had to be there, climbed up, got Indy right up to the ladder got the NXT Women's Championship. We have a new NXT Women's Champion in Indy Hardwell. She wins it for the very first time. Congratulations go out to Indy Hardwell for becoming the NXT Women's Champion with a little help from Dexter Loomis. And uh, believe it or not, and I'll state this, WrestleMania weekend was a good weekend for the way. And I'll mention all that in just a moment. Uh, let's get into the next matchup here. Uh, triple threat match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Gallus would take on the family and the Creed brothers in a triple threat match. I wanted the Creeds to win those championships. I wanted it to happen so bad. Uh, the family, it would be great to see Tony D'Angelo and Stax win the championships. But it took... One member, or at least one uh, other member, uh, I believe Joe Coffey, of the Gallus Boys to come in and interfere in the matchup. So Mark Coffey and Wolfgang retained the NXT Tag Team Championships. And uh, I had a feeling that, you know, I kept wondering, wait a minute, there's only two members of Gallus. I thought there was a third member. Sure enough, the third member, Joe Coffey, would appear before us. And that is exactly what happened. This one was definitely a show stealer, to say the least. The NXT, it was the uh, Fatal Five-Way match for the NXT North American Championship. Wesley defending the championship against... Axiom, Dragon Lee, Ilya Dragunov, and J.D. McDonough. These guys were big. During this entire match, J.D. McDonough and Ilya Dragunov were basically trying to come at each other, left and right. They They weren't focused on trying to become North American champion just yet. All they were trying to focus on was beating the living shit out of each other, and that is exactly what took place. They were beating the shit out of each other. They went at it left and right, but then all the superstars got involved and everything. There were several spots that were were pretty good. I don't think it was... I, this ladder match was not as bad as what happened at Ring of Honor's, you know, the Reach for the Sky ladder match. 
I'm not going to say this was a better ladder match than the other one, but this one at least had less injuries. You know what I'm saying? And there was nothing, you know, gruesome about it. Although there was that one spot that Dragon Lee took where he was at the very top rope and he hit that move and uh, I'm surprised his leg was, when he hits that that double stomp on the, um, I think it was Axiom, I think. Um, <clears throat> he hit it and I think he kind of, I don't think he twisted his leg, but he kind of did something to it. It, it. it didn't seem too bad, but oh man, that was just incredible. So at the end, Wesley proved why, and I was kind of disappointed about this. I was glad Wesley won it, but I really wanted Dragon Lee to win the match. Wesley retained the NXT North American Championship, a match that lasted about almost 20 minutes. It was 19 minutes and 17 seconds. Incredible match for what it was. Easy. The next matchup was for the... Uh, this one was an unsanctioned match between Johnny Gargano and Grayson Waller. Let me tell you about this match. <coughs> oh, my God. They must have beaten the hell out of each other. We knew Grayson Waller was not going to be able to win this match. He was going to get his ass beat. He was going to get stricken down. Uh, the wife was going to somehow get involved. I saw Candice LeRae outside the ring, um, like right there with the, with the audience right there with her baby and everything. She got involved in the match. Um, uh, pretty much uh, Grayson Waller was trying to get in some, uh, a few people's faces. Look, Grayson was good in the ring. He was very, very good in the ring. But I knew exactly what Johnny Gargano was going to do. He was going to beat the living shit out of him. And that's exactly what he did. Took took several chair shots, put a chair right around his neck, laid him out, and everything else like that. Boy, at the end, Johnny Gargano got him in the submission hold, took him out, and that was it. Johnny Gargano defeats Grayson Waller. That was it. And I mentioned earlier about the way, right? So... Uh, let's see, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano were celebrating at the end of the match, and then all of a sudden, here comes Indy Hardwell, and then here comes Dexter Loomis. So this was a pretty fantastic time for the way, especially when you have Indy becoming champion, uh, Indy becoming champion, and uh, Dexter Loomis getting involved, and then you had um, Johnny Gargano with an incredible win, an 18-month win. He waited 18 months for this to defeat Grayson Waller over NXT, Stan, and Deliver. Fantastic. And there would be more to the story with the way. There would be more to the story to the way than you know. Uh, the next matchup was the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. I'm not going to suspense with the formalities in this one. This one lasts about 8 minutes and 41 seconds. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn defeated, defeated Fallon Henley and uh, uh, Kiana James. Uh, this was a, a title run that absolutely meant nothing. <laughs> absolutely meant nothing in many ways. But now that Alba Fire and um, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn are now the tag team champions, now we're going to see something that's going to you know take it to a whole new level in every way possible. So we come down to the last and final match, uh, the NXT Championship match. Carmelo Hayes 
to go one-on-one against Braun Breaker. Now, the prediction that I made for this match is this. Carmelo Hayes was obviously going to win, right? Now, unless Braun Breaker decides to choose to turn heel to keep his championship, he will. But in this case, it didn't happen. It went ahead and came out exactly how I knew it was going to happen. Uh, Carmelo Hayes was going to hit everything that he can. Braun Breaker was going to hit everything that he can. Trick Williams is going to somehow get involved in the match, which, I mean, I know that that one, I mean, sheesh. You know, it had to happen one way or another. And then at the end, one mistake, one move, one hit, and that was it. Braun Breaker lost the NXT Championship. We have a new NXT Champion. His name is Carmelo. I don't miss for fucking shit. Hayes. Yes. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes wins it. Um, Braun Breaker goes ahead and takes the championship, hands it over to Carmelo Hayes, showing respect and everything else like that. Big congratulations to Carmelo Hayes. And this was something that needed to happen, okay? It needed to happen. We wanted to see Carmelo Hayes become champion. Now, there is more to the story than meets the eye here, but I'll tell you about it at the very end of this conclusion of the episode of the Main Event Talk podcast because I'm going to do an entire recap of everything that we just talked about from from this event to the other events that we've talked about and, of course, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. We'll talk about it just a little bit more, but nonetheless... NXT Stand and Deliver was fantastic. It was a great event. And uh, saw it right around the afternoon, right at the beginning of everything. So it was good. You know, getting prepared for WrestleMania weekend. And this was incredible. NXT Stand and Deliver. Pretty much Stand and Deliver. Oh, by the way, pretty deadly. (laughs) Worst host ever. I think The Miz pretty much outshined them, to say the very least. Night one is Austin Theory versus John Cena in the opener. We don't officially know what the main event is, and for all I know, they may decide the day of the show. But it's, uh, I mean, you've got both the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair match and the Usos against Kevin and Sammy both on night one. And as I've said before, I think that you should end with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It's the bigger match. It's been built up far longer. It's... It's it's a far bigger draw than Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. That's nothing against them. I think if you ask them, you know, I'm sure they'd say they want to go on last, but I don't think they're going to tell you that the Sammy and Kevin Owens and Usos and Bloodline story, eh, it's not that big a deal. It's a big one. We also have Becky, Lita, and Trish versus Bailey, Dakota, and Io. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic. Braun, Ricochet, Street Profits, Gable and Otis, and the Viking Raiders four-way, a WrestleMania showcase match. So that is night one. Night two as Roman and Cody, Bianca versus Asuka, Gunther against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus in a triple threat, Edge versus Finn Balor in uh, Brood versus the Demon, I would presume. Brock Lesnar and Omos and the Women's Showcase with Liv and Raquel, Natty and Shotzi, Ronda Rousey and Shayna, Ronda with her broken arm, and Sonya and Chelsea Green. So 
That's the two nights of mania. Well, you know, they treat it like concerts now. You know, Bruce Springsteen is coming to your town for three nights, and he's got so many songs and such a catalog. You're not going to get the same stuff each night. You may get one song or a couple of songs for both nights, but, you know, that that's how it goes. And looking at this, night two, much stronger, I think, overall on paper. At least to me it is, but... I echo your sentiments, and I think we're all in the majority on this. I think most of, of wrestling you know, fans are in the majority on the fact that how do you not close with Kevin and Sammy against the Usos? Again, unless you're going to do something that's going to impact the next night later, you know, after the main event or so, at some other point, which I think is ridiculous at this point, just let it go. To me, that's got to close the show. It's not only that, but listen, everybody, and I've had a few people say, well, you know, the Royal Rumble winner is guaranteed the main event of WrestleMania. Do they say that? Or do they say the winner of the Royal Rumble is guaranteed a title match at WrestleMania? Because that's what it should be. Because the other way to look at this is, if it's me, if I'm if I'm Rhea Ripley or Charlotte, I mean, I don't know. If you, if you really got a big ego you want to you wanna finish or whatever, close the show. But But to me, it's like, you know that the fans are going to unleash an extraordinary amount of energy in that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Usos match. You want to follow that? Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah, they, I guess they can put on like some something with Snoop and the Miz or whatever cuz they're going to do something with Snoop and the Miz. You can do a buffer or whatever. You bring him down but, with the men's tag? I mean, you know, you can do this bring him down thing and everything like that, but I I would not want that match to go on earlier and then have to main event the show. Because you just know you're not going to get that reaction. Okay, guys, you just heard it from the Wrestling Observer Live from Mike Cipravini and Brian Alvarez about what will take place at night one and night two of WrestleMania. They gave you a list of the matches that are going to take place at night one, while they gave you another list of what's going to happen at night two of WrestleMania. So, hold on a second. Do you hear that? <laughs> this is fucking interesting. I think that's actually down the road. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you can hear this in the background or not, but as I'm trying to close this out, I'm hearing some music and it's happening down the road. And that's not fair because we usually do that on Saturday nights, especially when my brother, you know, has his fucking shit up and everything else like that. But anyways, guys, um, yeah, uh, Russell, Wrestling Observer Live pretty much I told you everything that's going to happen on night one of WrestleMania and night two. And they've pretty much already give you, gave you a prediction about exactly what may happen at WrestleMania. And they were pretty much right on about what they were talking about at the end of the night. So, so I'm guessing uh, this is probably going to be an interesting night. Um, <laughs> pardon my distraction and everything else like that, but it's kind of funny when I'm trying to do this podcast, all of a sudden I get just a little bit distracted, but that's okay. But for right now, guys, that's going to do for this edition of this episode of the Mavit Talk Podcast. This is only part one of rest, the aftermath of WrestleMania weekend. We're done with WrestleMania. We're done with uh, Stand and Deliver. We're done with all of the events that we have just talked about. 
the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, Super Card of Honor, and several others in that particular nature. We're done with these events. So now all that's left is night one of WrestleMania and night two of WrestleMania. And there's going to be a lot of talk happening right after those events. And trust me when I tell you, you're going to be in for a surprise. Some of you already know what it is. And for those of you that don't, you'll know about it on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. So be ready. Tomorrow will be night one of WrestleMania. We're going to talk about all the matches they just mentioned. Everything from the United States Championship match being on the line, the SmackDown Women's Championship being on the line, and of course, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships were on the line. Did the Usos walk away with the Tag Team Championship, leaving Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens into the dust? Or did Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens put down just part of the bloodline at WrestleMania. You're going to have to find out tomorrow on the Main Event Talk Podcast. The aftermath of night one is done, and tomorrow will be part two. Get ready. This is only a tip of the iceberg. Just